Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It is time to talk championship games, Ari. We just watched a thriller between the Chiefs and the Bengals and not so much a thriller between the Eagles and, and the 49ers. I, I realize it's a college football show, but all these dudes played college football. And Ari, I, I, I can't not feel terrible for Joseph Asai right now. Like, I know he messed up. I know you're not supposed to do like Patrick Mahomes is clearly on the white paint when he pushed him, but like that feels so bad. The one thing I'll say, having never played an NFL game is if you are pursuing somebody in a game situation like that, and you are running as fast as you possibly can to try to stop the ball. Uh, how aware are you like of where you are on the field? Cause it's, it's like, that is like a fraction of a second. Um, you know, and to decide a season on that, it's just like, you know, and it's a penalty. There's no question about it, but I mean, it's just situ- like situationally, you know, Mahomes is going out of bounds. Like he has to go out of bounds. He's not turning that upfield. So you probably don't yeah. have to touch him. Just, just situational. You know, I'm not trying to make excuses. I just, the one thing yeah. is like, we love in college football and in the NFL, the finality of these types of games. Yes. You get one shot, you get four quarters uh, to, advance but i do think that like the beauty of other sports or maybe the thing that makes football so great is that it's these painful endings oh yeah. that can end a season when really i thought the Bengals uh were good enough to play for the super bowl this year you know oh. and i mean the this, thing that, that that game was it let's say burrow doesn't throw the pick because burrow had made some good throws into double coverage like that t higgins touchdown he was yeah. double covered that was a bad throw into double coverage. It, you know, one of the players covering T Higgins tipped it to the other player covering T Higgins. And, and that was, so it is that thin because that, that game could have turned on any number of plays. That's what my wife was saying. She's like, it, it was a tie game. They cannot put it all on one player. They can't blame one player. Yeah. for everything. And, and I'll say, I'll say this too, just as a, uh, you know, casual observer of the game. Uh, it's just like that penalty that they called uh, in was it the beginning of the fourth quarter or late third quarter where it was a down that they messed the clock up on and then they gave them uh, a third down. Yes, do yeah. over and then and they, they called they a called hold. Defensive holding. Yes, the the goal. Right, of the refs. Even if it is defensive holding, just swallow your keep flag. The there. flag in your pocket. And, Fortunately, and it, that didn't affect the game. It didn't. At least, no, at least but, Casey punted right after that. But God, that was terrible. But Casey punted uh, from better field position right, and pinned true. them inside the fifteen. This is so. True. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it decided the game, but it's just like, come on, man, you messed up the play. They stopped them. Don't throw a flag on that. I mean, that's. Um, but here's the thing I wanted to ask you, and this is a college football show, but we talk about the NFL. Absolutely. Is 
today's bigger story, at least from a college football perspective, was watching in awe Brock Purdy and how far he could push this, right? Yes. And it was unfortunate, but we weren't able to see him perform for four quarters because he got injured very early in that game. And even though he played, he did basically it didn't because he couldn't it, it, throw it was the ball. Basically yeah, over when he got back. Yeah, and it's well, like, the, and if you're not yeah. throwing it, and you're just in there handing off and trying to figure out how clever Kyle Shanahan can get, or how deep in his bag he can get a run play, it's like they were just basically running the clock out on themselves. There's no evaluation with his play there. No, in the NFL, like if this were a college situation mm-hmm. where your star quarterback is hurt in week five, and then your backup comes in. Um, and leads your team undefeated and makes the playoff and then gets injured in the semifinal. How do you handle the quarterback battle in the NFL? And how do you think it would be handled in college? Because I think well, that we, is, we know how it's handled in college because you covered one of those teams. Yeah. Uh, they, well, they it was handled the, poorly. They, right. They tell the quarterback who's going to start that he's starting like five seconds before the, the, and they change their mind six times. The whole country's yeah. watching exactly. Then one of them becomes the red zone quarterback. Yeah, and- <laughs> but it is it is a fascinating thing to me because I do think that like as a sports nerd, um, you know, obviously the story of how far he could go and if Brock Purdy could actually win a Super Bowl was compelling in and of itself. Yeah, but the thing that was most compelling to me was the 49ers are were or maybe are still going to be in a pickle with how they handle their quarterback scenario because they have a lot of money invested in a high-end first-round draft pick who got injured earlier in the year. Um, And it's like, so if you're the Niners, how do you proceed through this? And There's no sentimentality there. So that's where I think... But there is finances. And there might be finances finances. in college soon, too, which is another thing to talk about. This is true. There is no sentimentality. It's a business, and you want to have the best player on the field at all times, regardless of money and contracts. That said, they are paying Trey Lance a ton of money. And I no, know they're not. He's on his first contract. First contract but still, compared, they invested quite a bit of capital other, in him, uh, whether it be draft. Quarter, okay, they did invest a lot of capital. They traded yes. up to get him. But that's done. They can't change that now. In terms of how much money he makes... He doesn't make as much like a veteran. I'm not just talking about straight salary. I'm talking about how oh. much overall they had to invest in the future of the franchise in this person. I think I think the problem the problem with this situation because I think a lot of situations if you had a, a first round quarterback that you thought was really good, but then the other, the person came along and you thought was better, that first rounder would be a valuable trade. You might be able to get a first round draft pick for that quarterback. Yeah, Ray Lance doesn't have the body of work to command that yet. But also, neither does Brock Purdy, does he? No. I mean, he's seven and zero as a. I mean, I guess seven and one, but basically seven and zero as a starter. So, do you go into fall camp and split the reps? Like, do NFL teams do that? You can. You could do it for a little while. Urban Meyer did it for half half of camp between Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence, which was and that was ours. the but, worst thing you've ever seen in your entire life from a coaching standpoint. I think you do it for a little bit. I, I you just do it for a little bit and. You're going to know. You're going to know what you want to do. Like, Cal Shanahan seems to have a very defined idea of what he wants. Like, Jimmy G was not it, so they went after a different person. So, I and, and then John Lynch seems to be willing to – that's the GM, former former great Bucks safety. He seems to be willing to work with Kyle Shanahan to give him what he needs. So, you know, I, I would just – the thing about the NFL – 
they have what amounts to spring practice. Like in college, you can have that split the reps battle in spring practice. Yeah, they don't. I mean, I guess you could split reps in in, in preseason games. Now, can I can I ask you this? This is a college question because the, the the quarterback battle situation is interesting, and we saw it at Michigan. But NIL last too, year. I throw NIL Exa- in there too. Exactly. Yeah, and we saw it at Michigan last year with Cade McNamara and JJ McCarthy. But I, I don't. I mean, nobody was on the verge of transferring at that point. And you also can't use that as an example because that was more of a New Testament, they had Old a, Testament type thing going on. There. Exactly. <laughs> and and they had it. They had a legitimate preseason schedule, which most teams don't. Yeah. <laughs> most teams have to play a game there in one in week one or two. So that there's there's that. But okay. With the NIL situation, are coaches going to be forced into making a decision at the end of spring practice by by one or both players instead of letting it bleed into fall? Because coaches would just say, Well, I, I don't I don't want to make a decision because they didn't they didn't want anybody to transfer. They may have known who they were gonna start, but they would pretend there's still a competition. I mean, yeah, uh, wasn't Tanner Mordecai future? Well, it's also kind of a dirtbag thing to do, really. starting quarter. I mean, yeah, I think about that, Wisconsin's Tanner Mordecai, who is who seems to be the guy that Wisconsin took as the quarterback of the present, and then their younger guys that they took out of the portal competing to be quarterback of the future. But Tanner Mordecai was involved in a quote unquote. I'm using air quotes here if you're on the the podcast form competition with Kyler Murray. Like there was no competition. Yeah. Well, the thing too that's going to be interesting is if there is a scenario where you have an NIL guy who is Trey Lance mm-hmm. and you have somebody else on your team, like a three-star Mac Jones type. Yep. Who has to play situationally as a result of something happening to the NIL guy. Yeah. And then the situational player is that came is better. How do you proceed with that? Like, do you, you, foresee- you, hope, you hope your collective wrote the, the higher paid guys contract in a way that says there are this many deliverables and you must deliver them in this city or we don't pay you because then you can just, you can just pick the other guy. The the player with the bigger deal is either going to hang back and get paid. Or if he's an NFL prospect is going to go, you know what? I got to play. I'm going to transfer. And I realize I'm leaving this money behind. I mean, I would be shaking so many hands and kissing so many babies. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it. It's gonna be. Can you imagine if you just got paid to appear? Like even before the NIL thing happened, like I was in a nightclub in Vegas once, Mm -hmm. and Scott Disick was there. You know who Scott Disick is? Obviously, right? Like an MTV person. He's uh, Courtney Kardashian's uh, ex-husband, who like is kind of a nightclub guy and has. He's famous for having married Courtney Kardashian. He's an incredibly famous person. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Okay. If you're in that world and I don't know, you're not in that world. So, but they paid him some ungodly amount of money to be the host of that nightclub, which means he sat in a booth like above the rest of us. Right. And like, just got paid to be there. And he's getting, he's getting bottle service comped. Comp and getting paid, get his own room. Probably he doesn't have to talk to anybody. Any girl that he wants in the club is invited up to the. And it's just like I thought that is the greatest job in the history, like being recognizable enough where you could just appear at a nightclub and have everything paid for and then compensated to do like. Well, if if here's one, Ari, if you're a college football player who likes golf, 
who likes to play golf. Yeah, just go play golf for free all the time. You never have to play pay for a round of golf. And in fact, you will get paid to play rounds of golf all But summer. I'm also not I'm not also not a huge golf guy. I I'm actually during this off season thinking about taking lessons. Mm-hmm. Um but isn't who you play with almost half or more than half the enjoyable nature of golf as the courses yeah, but, you're playing? But you're you're getting paid to play it. I mean, that's, no, I know, but like, imagine that's one of the playing... first things. Like, like Grant Furking, the the Tennessee wide receiver who yeah you know, ran his own business while he was yeah, in the college smartest guy and, in America. Yeah, yeah. Was doing the NIL stuff. Like the first thing he did when NIL came into into law was he started setting up meet and greets. For his teammates and setting up golf tournaments where his teammates would go meet boosters and or whatever and they'd get an appearance fee for it and yeah. that's that's the way to do it but i feel like that's like the number one thing that people like to do too it's like instead of just meeting somebody and talking to them like having an activity where you're kind of just naturally existing next to that person would probably be the most uh fulfilling way to meet a hero of yours or a celebrity or a football player to, to, to do an activity. So it's like, it's actually brilliant, but it's like, just we, like, yeah, we, we should sell the Ari Wasserman experience where someone goes to McDonald's with you and eats filet of fish. Would anybody pay a dollar to spend five minutes with me? Yes. Like 100%. I, I was at dinner tonight watching the chiefs game with a major. So, uh, uh, his name's Sam, very nice guy. Um, and, at my daycare, I was dropping off uh, his daughter and my daughter in the same class. Okay. Mm-hmm. And before I met him, I was walking out of the, the daycare and he walked by me and he goes, are you and Andy recording today? So he saw my name on the list and knew that we, we did right. a podcast. And like, I thought that was really nice of him. Like kind of like saying like, Hey, I like your show in a nice way. And like, now we've become friends because our daughters are, uh, you know, really close and, my wife and his wife get along very well. And he's like a really cool dude. And like, I'm just like having a beer with him this afternoon. And it's just like, yeah, I'm just like a normal dude. Like you would never pay a dollar to hang out with me. No, I think there are people who would, well, it, it, here's an example. And so we, we, I won't name names, but we, we had somebody reach out a spouse of a, of a fan reach out to us on Instagram saying, Hey, could you send a, a happy birthday video to my husband? He listens to you every day. And, and we, we listen to you guys in the kitchen in the mornings. And I said, sure, just, you know, send me your email address and we'll send you, send you the video. And, and she goes, well, what's your cameo rate? And I'm like, we're, we're not taking any money yeah. for this. I also like, feel like a weirdo doing it. Yeah. I'm just like a nobody. Why would, why would yeah. you want to spend yeah. money? Yeah, but it's, so, it's always yeah. nice. We, we, but... sent, we sent the video. We did not charge anything. And, and that's the thing. Like, I, I hope we have this relationship with all of you guys. If, if you, yeah. you know how to find us. If, if you've got a, a friend in your life who loves this show and, who, and, and it would mean something for us to say happy birthday to, to that person. We'd be we, happy to do it. Yeah, We can do that. Like, we don't need – but you know, Bruce and I did it. Actually, when NIL became law – Bruce is Bruce, a big dog, and you're, you're closer well, to the big dog world than well, I Bruce am. Bruce Feldman and I did a show, and, and, and it was the first day of NIL, and it kind of devolved into us just going through Cameo and seeing what random people were on Cameo and how much they charged. So my wife's mother is a huge Joe Montana fan. Oh, yeah. And I went to Cameo on her birthday – to get Joe Montana to say, Hey, happy birthday, whatever. And he was charging like a thousand dollars. And I'm like, bro, like you are 
super famous and one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but I am not paying you a thousand dollars to say a happy Joe birthday. Montana, if you are Joe Montana, you have so many people asking you that the only way to sift through that number and get it manageable is to raise the price. Otherwise, guess, you'd be filming. But, it, but it's be, an unreasonable amount like of money. this all day, just filming videos. I feel like if I was a billionaire, I wouldn't pay somebody a thousand dollars to film a video. This is happy birthday. But that's you. That's yeah. you. There's there's value in it. And and look, if we become the biggest podcast in the world, we may have to start charging too. Yeah, but... cameo. Uh, <laughs> Ari's cameo was called "Dudes, Dudes, Dudes." That's right. So Vaughn Vaughn came out to Vegas and hung with us. Now I think Vaughn was going to be in Vegas anyway. Uh, Vaughn in the in the chat right now. Vaughn is our our favorite farmer in Iowa. Our favorite. Is he our favorite Iowa fan too? I think he is. I think he's my favorite human, if we're yeah. being honest. Yeah. So you guys rate Vegas was one of the better nights out I've had all year. We had a blast. We need to do that again. We need to do that again in Vegas with and just say, here's where we'll be. Everybody come. Yeah. Or we could just do it in like one of the ratty casinos in the South. We could do that. Like my <laughs> my mecca. Or I don't know if a casino company that sponsors us wanted to send us to one of its many, many locations. I just, I don't know. I'm just saying. Is there one in Bahamas? I don't think this particular one has one in the Bahamas. Let me go but check there, out. There are casinos in the Bahamas, yes. At MGM locations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and we're, listen, we're not, we're not angling for another sponsor. We appreciate these guys. So they've got plenty of cool locations. Wyoming. Like, they're in Wyoming now? what so it says we could have a yellowstone situation going on oh it's oh i i think i i googled the wrong thing oh okay that, i think no, those are I the states we, where you can use bet bet online yes i don't believe so i know they have in they're in michigan they're in new jersey vegas they're in mississippi so there, there's there's quite a few options but i do think we need to we need to consider that because yeah i i think hanging out with the people and and the idea of a live show is something that we should uh, kick around as well. You know what's yeah. a sneaky good one? And I don't know. Yeah, it's it's legal in Michigan. The bet M or the MGM Grand in Detroit is a sneaky great casino. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's a place we yeah. could go. So, you know, we could get some Slow's barbecue brought in. Have you had Slow's barbecue? Yes, I have. Yep, it is it's outstanding. Good. Getting back to to the original conversation. So we're talking about the NIL guy, the the, the big college quarterback, like what, all right, who are the Bo Nix, Michael Penix coming back, you know, big, big fan bases. But I think it's more interesting when the, when it's the incoming dude who hasn't done anything, but how, how many, boatload but of money. how many people, I, I, I am curious though, before we get back to that, like how many people are asking Bo Nix to send a video? Hey, can, Hey Bo, can you say hi to my dad? Like what's he getting every day in terms of requests on that? Well, the thing that I think is crucial for you to be a successful cameo person is that you have to have a recognizable face. Like, yeah. I don't know that Bo Nick, I think the name is more recognizable than his face. Like, I bet well, you the I, general fan probably doesn't know what he looks like. I think a lot of Auburn fans and Oregon fans know exactly what he no, looks no. like. No, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. And that's so, a, those are huge groups of people. Yeah, that's true. So, now, getting back to the original situation let's say you've got a quarterback that you signed to a big deal they were the starter they got hurt a quarterback who was a two-star you know didn't come in with a big nil deal comes in 
balls out, gets you to a conference championship game or a playoff game, whatever. And then you're in spring practice the next year. What do you, I think in that situation, that second quarterback is going to enter the portal in the first window and see if you pay him. And if you do, then you got two and you got to figure it out. Or if he doesn't do that, he's going to threaten to enter the window after spring practice. You're going to mm-hmm. have to make a decision. Like I, these coaches who've been holding these, these quarterback competition, dragging him out to fall practice. They're not gonna be able to do that anymore. Just no, not. I know. And it's also not right. <laughs> like, do you think, okay, here's one. And I, I don't know what any of these guys NIL situations are. None of them have started yet. So it, it's probably fairly similar, but the situation at Georgia, Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton. These are all very highly rated recruits. Carson and Beck probably Vandegrift. one of the best quarterback battles in general coming up that we've had yes. in quite some time. Yeah, so yeah. We, we don't I – mean, we think it's Carson Beck because he, he was the backup last year. He was he actually had a shot to win the starting job against Stetson Bennett early in the 2021 season. So we think that's who it is, but we don't know. Brock Vandegrift is a big-time recruit. So – how narrowed down does that thing have to be by the end of spring? You, does it have to be down to two? Or do the do the the people around those guys, because all quarterbacks have people now, like, do, do you have to have the guy by the end of spring? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I guess you kind of have to. And, and I think that as we progress further on into the NIL waters, you're going to have veteran compensated for returning versus mm-hmm. highly compensated freshmen. Like, well, I mean, it, I could see like a Hendon Hooker Nico situation. Like, what, like, could that happen? Joe Milton Nico or, or sorry, oh, oh. Joe Milton Nico. Well, the thing with Joe is, though, he's not really ever proven to be a great starting quarterback. So you don't have to break the bank on him. You, saying you can have a shot to be the starter at Tennessee is, is probably enough to keep him right now. And he's probably going to start. Yeah. So what's what's even like what's a better one? It's tough. It's gonna happen. I mean, it's gonna happen where you have we have, didn't we didn't have a situation last year where somebody came in for an injured quarterback and was just fantastic. Yeah. That's the thing. Like now NC State, you had the multiple guys come in and Devin Leary was hurt, but then Devin Leary just left. And this might be a bad example too, but like even Bo Nix sticking with him. Quasi Heisman final, like or not right. finalist, but quasi Heisman contender for a while. Mm-hmm. Let's say Oregon got Dante Moore. Yeah, like they were supposed to. You have a guy like Bo Nix who's probably got I think a pretty getting, sweet nil. I think getting deal. Bo Nix back for another year is maybe what cost him Dante Moore. Yeah, because the job. So maybe open it I mean, yeah, no, but I'm just saying, like, if it would have happened, like you will be in a situation eventually where, where incumbent and. uh is battling somebody else that's also being paid, and you're going to have a financial discussion about it. I'll give you, I'll give you one right now. Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. Yeah, there you go. I'll give you another one. Gil, uh, Dylan Gabriel and Jackson Arnold. Do you actually think it's embarrassing that I didn't just come up with a Texas one off the top of my head? Like no, I'm sitting here trying to come up with an example, and that's like the perfect one. Well, the thing about Arch Manning is he's in a totally different sphere than most people. Because mm-hmm. if he wants to just – say 
in terms of NIL, I just want to be involved in the in the family NIL stuff. The only things he couldn't do, they were in a, they were in casino ads, the Manning family. So he couldn't do that. But he could he could say, you know, Uncle Eli, Uncle Peyton, put me in some commercials with you. And he would be in, in incredibly yeah. lucrative commercials that would far outweigh any NIL stuff that like some collective would give him. How about the reverse? And it might be the only time this could ever happen. But what if the uh, heir, first family of football nephew goes and isn't into finances uh, as much as he is about developing, who gets kind of, you know, squirrely a little bit and goes, I don't want to, I want to play immediately or I'm leaving. Then what do you do if you're compensating Quinn Ewers a bunch of money and the golden boy wants to leave and he's not getting, it's, it could be the reverse. Like there is going to be financial discussions about that. Oh, a hundred percent. And I'm here for it. (laughs) I think this is hilarious because they fought it for so long and to be the anti-NIL. Well, what I also think is this is, this is creating a little more efficient transfer market where guys are going to play where they can be the most successful for the most part. Now, the, it, it's funny because where you see this getting screwed up is not exactly where I thought it was. Like, I thought people would kind of overspend on recruits and, and that would it would be dumb in some cases, but it would happen because you just want to take that gamble. The overspending on recruits seems dumb every single time when it's happening. Like I I would much rather pay for a person who's already been good at college football. Like I would spend the money. I wonder if that'll be the natural progression of of this whole thing, but it will be like one day a football team will have a Cam Newton type player on their team Mm -hmm. and he will be carrying the team on its back. Like maybe Caleb Williams or somebody like that, where the whole team is kind of come and go as that guy goes Mm-hmm. And people are going to be like, oh, thank God they packed up the truck for that guy. Like, it's going to happen 100%. eventually. Well, that's but the I, Cam Newton thing when they were talking about Cam, the, the rumor, $200,000 or $180,000. And when those number, those dollar bargain, figures came way. out, I was like, that is so cheap for what he's giving you. Like, <laughs> I don't know if he got that, but if he did, he still got hosed. Yeah. So, Andy, while you were talking, I looked up cameos okay. um, of people. And there's oh. one that made me laugh. Like really give, loud. Give it to me. Give it to me. Tim Donahue, the former basketball oh, yeah. NBA referee. You can pay forty dollars to the guy who was fixing NBA games to wish you had forty happy bucks. That seems like a bar. Well, who would know who he was? Uh, other than like hardcore NBA fans and, and gamblers. Gamblers. I mean, I listened to a podcast about him. And I thought it was it was amazing. I did watch a Netflix documentary on him. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I would. I mean, I guess I would know what he looks like. But I, f- I found that to be funny that like your whole. But, but would you want like would you want Tim Donaghy wishing you happy birthday or? I now, would. If you had a friend, let's say you had a friend who was a high school basketball coach, and they just they just had a game, and they got completely hosed, like forty bucks to Tim Donaghy, to record a video for your friend saying, "Hey Bob, listen, sometimes games are rigged." Sometimes the refs are cheating. Like that's worth 40 bucks to make your buddy laugh. Yeah. I guess 300 bucks for Jesse Palmer is kind of steep. You can pay a hundred bucks to get Wayne Krabet. Listen, you're thinking of Jesse Palmer in a football setting. No, I'm not. Like you watch <laughs> the bachelor. Yeah, no, I no, I'm not. He's on the bachelor. He's on the food network. He's on ESPN. Like 
Jesse's all over the place. Here we go. Bomo Panther with a great question. How much for a Brian Ferris cameo? It would be funny if he went on cameo after that whole thing happened. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so question. I, I was thinking about this for offseason because the, the Bill O'Brien to the Patriots has happened. Now, the, the next stage of that, we, we have speculated, we speculated months ago, was if Bill O'Brien got the OC job at the Patriots, would would he potentially hire Brian Ferentz as the as the O-line coach? If Brian Ferentz were to get an NFL job, theoretically, hypothetically, in the next few weeks, do we have to do an emergency show? Yeah, I think we do, yeah. The best emergency show we've ever done, right? Yeah, it's like, it'd be like a thank you. It would be like a... <laughs> Thank you for all the content, Brian. Don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened kind of an episode, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Is that the speculation? Is that what... Is that what... We've been speculating that for months. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but but the Bill O'Brien to the Patriots part did happen, so... So, like, what date on the calendar do do you think it has to get to where Iowa fans are just like, oh, shit, he's coming back? I I would think... Okay, so there's Like, what's the date? Spring football? There's still open NFL jobs. Like, the Panthers is the only job that's been filled. Once the NFL staffs get filled out, which will happen in the next two weeks, three weeks tops, three weeks from now, if he hasn't gotten one of those, it means he's staying. Because fired is out of the question, because if he was just going to get fired, it would have happened. You would think so. Well, like, okay... Let's take a, a little break. We do have to talk about a little news because a uh, little, little news went down on Friday when we weren't recording. And it kind of fits into this, this mold. So we'll talk about a coordinator opening and, and how it happened and when it happened when we come back. Welcome back. And, and Vaughn, our favorite Iowa fan, is, is answering our, when is Brian Ferentz? Like, when do you know for sure he's coming back? He, Vaughn says already at that point in eight changing. I think I might so, be a bad person, but I am rooting for him to come back. We deserve oh, it. We deserve to listen back one more year. Oh my <laughs> God. He gave us so much this year. I can't even imagine how amazing that is. If he's the is. if he's the offensive coordinator of Iowa football, I think we should wa- live watch party or get together and watch the game together for a live show. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I I'm now looking up Iowa's schedule. Need to see that we we know they play Iowa State in week two. So where's the, the next, Oh, come on. Don't give me the basketball schedule when I need the football schedule, but yeah, I mean, we need a watch party. Oh, they got South Dakota. No, that's, that's they play the Utah state year. in week one, Utah state. Okay. See, here's the thing that South Dakota state game that, that started this one was a little misleading. Cause that's the FCS national champs. Like they went on to win the FCS national championship. So Utah State might be a little more normal. Like, maybe when they go to Ames the set in week two. Maybe that's the the watch party. I think the watch party is week one because if it's terrible, it's going to be terrible. That's true. That's true. You're not going mean, to be like, good against, against Utah State either. Because, so. like, if you're not good against Iowa State, then I guess it's kind of, that's kind of how that game always goes. Yeah. Like, if you, if you do Utah State and you put up 10 points – you know, it, it'd just be a full hole. You know what? And if they're awesome, then we talk about it. You know, we will make it. Well, work. yeah, then, we, then we'd be wrong. And and Cade McNamara would be right because he told us it's going to be amazing. All right. So there is a, an opening in college football for an OC. Josh Gaddis, winner of the 2021 Broyles Award, fired 
after one season by Miami. Weird timing on the firing. Like a few days before the second national signing. I know that Miami's class is mostly in the barn at this point. Like it is weird, weird timing. Like you, you kind of, I'm guessing Mario Cristobal knew during the season that he wanted to make a change. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is one of those where he's like, Hey, could you go find another job so that this doesn't look like I'm firing after one season? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Wasn't a very good year, but it is. You don't really see this often where, you know, you kind of are viewed as the person that helped restore one program. Then you go somewhere else and then you're done after a year after winning the Broyles. Broyles well, does, it, does that make Sharon more look even more valuable to Michigan? I mean, Sharon Moore was the number one name that we heard during the Harbaugh flirtation with the NFL. Right, right. So I think I think that he looks pretty good already. Which, by the way, Jim Harbaugh met with the Broncos again after saying that. <laughs> and the Broncos still have a coach. It would be funny if he just ended up as the Broncos coach in a month. Well, D'Amico Ryan's was was one they're looking at for that job, and I think he's going to take the Texans' job. Yeah. And we'll find out here in the next day or so, probably. He played for the Texans. So, yeah, that's like if you played for the team, it's the NFL equivalent of being your alma mater. Right. Got drafted there. And, and yeah. So, yeah, that is that's a strange. We probably should be talking about this more than we are. Like he met with them again. Yeah. Yeah, I know it is. Well, I mean, maybe they could put out a weirdly worded statement to kind of ease our from the president. Not yeah. from Harbaugh or Ward Manual. Yeah. Uh, what a. I mean, yeah, everybody knows the score there. If he gets one, he's going to take it. And if he doesn't, I mean, is this contract done? Does it matter? Do you, I mean, do you, I mean, how long do you have to fish for a raise? I mean. Well, it, at some point, you just be like, listen, if you want to be here, you're here. We don't need to give you any more money. Yeah. If right. they offer you the job, you go ahead and take it. I mean, I don't know if it was just like, I remember like, wasn't Michigan kind of flirting with like in year three? Was it year two of like giving him a lifetime deal or something? Do I remember that I mean, correctly? He already had a really good deal, so I don't know that they needed to do that. But there was a lifetime situation, and I don't know if it was about. I, you'll have to look that up. Yeah, but it, it definitely was a discussion point at, at some point during an off season. Yeah, it it, it <sighs> is strange. So you know, I don't know what happens with Miami. Joe Moorhead was the offensive coordinator for for Mario Cristobal at Oregon, but but Moorhead is a as a Mac head coach now at Akron. Like I can't imagine him no, taking that Mac job. head coaches take offensive we've, coordinator we've jobs. We've seen it, but I'm this not season. sure he wants to do it. I mean, yeah. Joe's Joe's been a head coach multiple times, and I think he likes being a head coach because because remember he was Fordham's head coach before he was Penn State's offensive coordinator, yeah, and before Mississippi State head coach. So I think he'd like to be a head coach. So I don't know that he's taking a coordinator job at this point. Yeah. So that means, you know, you then go into the pool of offensive coordinators or do you take somebody out of the NFL? I I, I don't know. It's going to be. And, and Mario Cristobal, by his own admission, likes to. Likes to try to audition or talk to or, you know, just kind of examine a lot of people before he makes a hire. Yeah. So yeah, well, I, and we're gonna have Manny on, right? So we'll we'll get into yes, that a little bit. Yes, yes. On so. on yeah. If you the live part of it will be Monday in podcast form. It'll be Tuesday. Me, Ari, and Manny Navarro talking Miami because there's a more in depth discussion to be had. Ari, before we get out of here tonight, second national signing day is coming up on Wednesday. Huge. The early national signing day sucked all the drama out of the the February one, but I do feel like with this nil stuff, 
it has added some like okay so we'll just start we'll just start with people who are at one point committed to miami getting back to the hurricanes uh jaden rashada who mm-hmm. you know, committed to miami then the whole florida deal blew apart uh he may be signing somewhere Cormani McLean, we think we'll sign with Colorado. He's committed there. That's the, the number one. He's filming corner. a documentary. Uh, you never really know what kind of grab ass could happen until, uh, <laughs> yep. you know, until he signs on the dotted line. But, you know, uh, Chris Callahan in the chat brings up one of your favorite players. I know. And, and yeah. the guy that everybody thinks is, is the next great tight end in college football. Deuce Robinson. Yep. Does he go to Georgia and continue the lineage or, or is it somewhere else? Yeah, no, it's uh it's going to be an interesting I mean, it's like it's thought like it was going to be USC for a long period of time, you know. Uh, and then it's been Georgia. I know he likes Texas. I know he th- I thought he wanted to get up to Oregon. Um, but if you've watched this guy uh, even run around in shorts, it's a pretty incredible athlete. So Georgia already has two tight ends committed in this class, but it doesn't matter because if you're Deuce Robinson, you play. And then I know that George also has another top 100 tight end committed in 24 already too. So they, speaking of like six foot five, six foot six, 225 pound athletic freaks. Yeah. Nicholas Harbor also up. Nicholas He's Harbor, the one of those, best pure athlete in the class. His tra- like his, tra- when you watch him run track, like it doesn't look like somebody that big should ever be able to move like that. Ever. Yeah. If, if Deuce Robinson and Brock Bowers are on the same team in college, then just why do we even play the season out? <laughs> just like give him the trophy well, and then what, we'll, what we'll if, try to we'll regroup what if, in 2020. What if Nicholas Harbors at South Carolina rushing whoever yeah. wins the quarterback well, job? Nicholas Harbors had a different leader uh, about six different times during his recruitment. So, you know, it'll be very, I mean, like South Carolina's got a lot of momentum in recruiting right now. I mean, they've done yeah. a really good job. Um, and that would be a nice little, uh, not little i'd be a huge get to continue the vision of of what they're building there so you know you got a beamer as a head coach uh you know things could be headed in the right direction it certainly seems like they are too so uh but they're like the jane rashada thing he was at tcu this weekend um i don't know if there's exact plans yet to sign or choose a place there may be some other schools in there's the other schools in the mix look at and, and remember this is not a three-day signing period like the early one. Yeah, this, you can sign a month from months. now, two months, yeah. whatever. So there's no rush. So like when it comes to like the drama of it, you know, you might have a few guys coming off the board, but it's nothing like it is in December. Yeah, it's this is this is sort of they got a couple big storylines, and let's face it, the people who sort of invite the drama tend to be the ones that are yeah, still like around. Oregon won the early signing period, and you know they are also in the mix for Robinson. And a top 100 corner out of uh, Southern California named Roderick Pleasant, who's announcing on Wednesday as well. So that's that's another story. Like, could could Oregon be the, the and what and Harbor was at Oregon this past weekend, right? Yeah. So like, could they be the story again? I think is an interesting thing to watch out too. So it's it's going to be a fun week. Like we said in the new era of college football, the news never stops. I'm headed to uh, Mobile tomorrow night. And we'll be at Senior Bowl practices on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So uh, you'll be hearing from some folks there. Ari and I, again, we're talking to Manny Navarro. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about Miami. There's a lot to discuss there because it's been about a year since basically Miami said, we're opening up the checkbook. We want to win national championships again. And I don't think this is how everybody thought it was going to go. So we'll, we'll talk to Manny about where they're at right now. But... Been a lot of fun. We got Jalen Hurts, Super Bowl quarterback, against Patrick Mahomes. 
How about that? Jalen Hurts yeah. is a Super Bowl quarterback. I like the Eagles too. Oh, that if if we're just comparing dudes, if we're saying who has dudes everywhere and who has guys, the the more dudes I think on the Eagles. They don't have a receiver right now. The Eagles? No. Yeah, the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, they were throwing to some dude I never even heard of on first down on the fourth quarter. I, I you're talking uh, about Kent. I don't. I've never heard of him. I don't remember yeah. his name. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, they they still have Travis Kelsey catching passes, and and Marcos Valdez Scantling was a, a pretty reliable yeah. target for Aaron Rodgers for a long time. So yeah, Kelsey uh, is a different animal. But I'm excited to watch the Super Bowl. We're having a big bash over in Dallas at the oh, Wasserman Residence. You're invited, Andy. Oh, uh, can't wait. Britt looked me in the eyes today and said, "Hey, can you go check out uh, Super Bowl decorations on Amazon?" So she's getting she's getting ready to party. I'm, you know what I'm that means. The sound's going to be turned down, and you're not going to be able to properly watch the commercials. No, we, we're big commercial people. Okay, good. So we can, like, when we do our, our post-Super Bowl show, we can randomly rank the commercials. Okay, uh, I, I'll give you a 75% shot at that. All right, we'll see how it goes. If it's, yeah. if it's noisy, we'll save it for later. But yeah, the good thing is they release them all on YouTube that morning, so you can have so them watch. we can just do it before. the next day. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So perfect. Love it. Big plans for the next few weeks. Listen, news never stops anymore in college football. You're always going to have fresh shows. We'll talk to you soon.